Be seated if you're not. Sorry about that. Praise the Lord. You know, that's a very scriptural song. Paul speaks of the path, the peace that passes all understanding beyond our comprehension. The peace that God showers upon us, gives to us. As our faithful God gives us what we need, he gives us the peace. In every situation, every time of need, have you found yourself needing the peace of God? I have. I have. More than one time, I have found myself needing the peace of God. And he always gives it. Always in every storm, in every time of turmoil and trial and difficulty and complexity, his peace is always there. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, I'm, uh, this is a really, really not a good time at this point, in this moment, to try to be deciding on what you're going to preach on. about. I started thinking about three people or three kinds of people that I never want to have to deal with. I mean, I have to anyway, but I don't want to. You know, do you remember that scripture when Paul said that do all things faithful and justly and help everybody and do everything good that you can? And that he said and comfort the feeble-minded? That's in the King James Version. I'm not identifying anybody with that phrase. Don't misunderstand me. But 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 I the the three the three um, categories of people. I, this morning I thought I just don't want to have to deal with. And uh, I know exactly what they are. But I don't. Uh, you know, Lazarus is a good guy. He came forth from the tomb. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go back to Lazarus. Um, I will preach that message at some point in time. I'll, I'll do it without announcing it. I'll just come in and, and preach it. Everybody know that I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about everybody else. But, but you know, you know, there there is a there's a way to be effective in serving God and living for God. There's a way to be ineffective. I've said numbers of times in this church. I don't know if you remember. Now, sometimes I honestly wonder if anybody ever pays any attention to what I preach. If anybody ever tries to put it into practice. If anybody ever remembers it. Now, I talked to somebody yesterday and everything he said was contrary to everything I'd ever taught in this church. And I said, do you ever listen to the messages? 
Did you by any chance, I asked him, did you by any chance hear those two messages I preached? Part one was, I will obey. And the next one was part two, I will obey. They were separated by three or four weeks. I don't believe I heard those. Well, I didn't think you did. I was pretty sure you had not. Now, this is a conversation going on. And uh, lest I become too clear in identification that some may know, I'll just stop right there. But but, but it, it caused me just a question. I mean, if you have stood up here as I have, and Billy has, and I have preached, and you know, I want to tell you how long I've preached this. I've preached this since we were over on Kingsley Avenue in Orange Park. When I got there, the one thing I had to preach was forgiveness. The next thing I had to preach was restoration. And I preached on that till I thought, God, don't you know anything else to give me to preach on? It was in one form or another, one fashion or another, I was preaching on forgiveness. Because in that church, there was a lot of things that had happened that were steeped in people in a, a lot of bitterness and, 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 and enmity. I would might even, I could, I almost would say hatred. I don't ever want to identify that. But, but there was so much of that. For months and months, I just essentially... Preached one form or another, but it all came out to forgiving, forgiving, living in the presence of God now to be restored by grace to where we have been and where we want to be and where we need to be. And I preached it again and again and again. If you go back and listen to some of those messages, they're all there. If you go far back enough on the Internet, the list of sermons are all in there. You'll hear it again and again and again. I'm preaching about forgiveness. Because, friend, I'm going to tell you this. And now, this is not something that I'm just saying today. Because, again, if you've been listening, if you've heard anything that's been said clearly here, you've heard this again and again. And it is you cannot effectively live for God while you have an enmity, an offense against anybody else. Not just anybody else in the kingdom of God. Even with the person that serves you, your, takes your money when you go to the grocery at the cashier, that you don't like the way they look at you or talk to you or the way they answer you. Even them. I should not say even them. I mean to say, including them. They're not any worse than anybody else. No worse than somebody that, 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 that helps you wherever else you go. You know, I have decided that there are a lot of people who feel like they're nourishment is unforgiveness. They feel like it is what just keeps them going. If I were to turn loose this grievance that I have, if I were to turn loose this this, this offense that I have, if I were to turn that loose, what would I think about? What would I dwell on? I've already found those scriptures that let me skate around it and get by it, so I'd have to go back and read the other ones. What, what would I do if I turned loose my offense? And I'm going to tell you what you would do if you wanted to, if you chose to. You'd find yourself liberated, liberated in 
presence and the power of God in a way that you never have been. It's been so long since you felt that and so long since you were there, you'd hardly recognize it as something that God has done. And then all of a sudden you'd realize, oh, it's because I turned that loose that God gave me this. incident that happened at our church over on Kingsville. We had a we had a woman in our church there. I guess I am going to preach on this. I'm, I, I guess I'm. Anyway, if I, I'll change the Lazarus if I decide to. If I don't, I'll just go on with this. <laughs> so there, was a, there was a woman in our church over there who, when you talked to her, she wanted everybody to come into the kingdom. I remember her well. actually say the name right now, but I remember her very well. All the, a lot of details about it. She was responsible for bringing a couple of people in our church. One of the people that she brought in became one of the biggest problems we ever had at First Assembly. I don't think that was her fault, but anyway. So she's taking part in our children's ministry on Wednesday night. I don't know how she got appointed to do that. There are a lot of people you know who get into a certain part of the ministry because they are self-appointed. I just decided I would show up, and I'll be here to help you. Don't Please don't help me that much. I don't need that much help. God help. That's what the leaders say. So <laughs> she just showed up, I guess, and started doing it. So this particular Wednesday night, there were some kids, and I'm going to name names here because it's a good thing. There's some kids out playing in the parking lot. And they were getting rowdy. How many of you ever know kids can get rowdy? You know what rowdy means. That's an old word. But, you know, they can get, they can get uh, noisy. They can cause disturbance. And, 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 and Pat Simon, Pat and Colin, the kids were out. They had just started coming to our church. They hadn't been coming hardly any time at all. And they were all, all the older ones, all of them were, were here. And they were out in the parking lot having a wonderful, loud time. And this woman stepped out, who had just been leading them into the children's ministry. She stepped out as that boy was going on in the partnership. And at the top of her voice, now this was described to me because I didn't hear it. I was thankful it was on the inside of the church. She was out on the parking lot yelling at kids. But she yelled, and I said, hey, you can't do that on the church property. Why don't you just shut up and get back in here? Calm down. You, looking over at Pat, you need to get your children under control. You need to, and on and on and on. And Carolyn got really upset because, because Pat and Colin had just started coming to the church. They just recently hardly even got to know them. They had just shortly been there. So Carolyn went to Pat to let her know that this lady was not representative of our church. She was not the person we had appointed for public relations. She just took the job on herself, as I said a moment ago. So, so, so Carol went to Pat to make sure, uh, to try to cook, smooth things over. And, and, and Pat said to Miss Carolyn, she said, Miss Carolyn, she said, this is all right. You don't need to cover this with me. You don't need to come and talk to me about this. I'm glad to talk to you and all that. But we love you. We love being here. We're glad we moved here so we could be in the church. And they did. They moved here so they could be in this church. Moved from Ocala here. Wanted to be in this church. And so, because this is what she said, I've never forgotten it. She 
she said, because I decided a long time ago that I would not be offended. She said, she said, you can't offend me because I refuse to take offense. God, I sincerely pray, give me more people like that. Fill up this church with people like that, oh God. Because they'll have victory and so will we. I'm telling you, that that is true. You can go. Pat isn't here today, by the way. I found that that Carolina had a fall, and they, they took her to the emergency room to be checked out. We didn't get to pray for her. She didn't have her on the list in time. But Keith Kavana, who's one of her older daughters now, Kavana works here in several things here in the church. Keep her in prayer today until we get we need to get a report of her as soon as we can. A lot of things happening with people like that today. But that's the reason I'm not here today. Because they're always here. You know, that's a, that's a standard thing that they're here. So so what was I telling you? That Pat said that she would not take offense. Now, if any of you have ever been offended at Pat Simon, you're free to tell her I said all this, by the way, that she's back. <laughs> I would say that she's here. Anybody been offended about her, uh, she would certainly go to you first to ask for forgiveness. But, but uh, I have seen over the years, over the years now, since they've been here, I've been pastor of this church ever since they came. Over the years, I've never known a time when difficulty, when complex things came up and things that might be hard to understand, and I had to go to her and Colin about things. I've never known a time when they didn't receive me and accept what I was saying and act with forgiveness and receive anything that was correction. Or anything, anything, I have never known them in all these years to act in any way like they were ever offended towards me, towards the church, or anybody else that I saw or knew. Now, when you've got a bunch of kids like they've had, I mean a lot of kids is what I mean. I don't mean anything. I mean, I mean, had that many. They only had three to put up with. They've got about ten. How many of you ever know that can be a problem? <laughs> if you got two or three, then you know what ten can be. So anyway, not saying bad things. I'm just simply saying things things come up are going to come up, and 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 I've never known it to discuss it. To anything that may be happening, going, I've never known it to be a problem with them, not one single time. And I've had to we, we've had to talk about some pretty strong things. So. So how can you, how can you, this is what a lot of people want to know. How can I not have to put up with whatever name they put in there? How can I not have to put up and still have victory and joy in the Lord? And I will tell you the truth. I know a lot of things. I might even say I know most things. I'm talking about the Bible and about spiritual things, about being a pastor of a church. I'm not talking about all of the world in general. I know most things about getting along with people. But how can you do that 
person, not be forgiven, not give forgiveness, and still have a life of joy and victory. That's one thing I have never yet figured out. Because I don't think it's possible to do it. Not too long ago, someone. I mean, you know, I ought to be telling this like it happened a couple of years, a few years ago, in another time, in other ways, and saying, instead of saying here, because some of you will be sitting there and you'll be making notes on the issue trying to figure out who this is he's talking about. What's the initials, Pastor? <laughs> not, not too long ago, someone came to Carolyn that she had asked to. No, it's okay. She's not here. It's okay. <laughs> that she had asked to speak to someone about making sure everything was clear. acceptable between these couple of people. And a couple of weeks later, she came to her, and Carol said, did you get to do that? She said, no, you know, Miss Carol, I, I, I just decided I couldn't do that. You know, she, I got really hurt. I got really hurt. My feelings got really hurt. And I'm still hurt about it. I, I, just, I, just don't th- I just don't think I can do that. I just can't go and do that. She couldn't go and say, Things are all right. Forgiveness. No hard feelings. It would be wonderful today if I were giving you a great, powerful lesson about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, wouldn't it? Well, I wish I were doing that. I wish that's what I had decided to do. (laughs) I said, and I'm going to say this again. You can't be a Christian without being saved. But you may be saved without being a Christian. And you say, Pastor, how can that be? I'm not going to judge anybody's salvation, whether you're going to heaven or hell. I'm going to let God handle that. I'll preach the truth and let you know the truth. And if you hear the truth and you've got to repent of it, you do it. I'm going to preach the truth of salvation and let you know. This is what the truth is, and it's what the Bible says. But but I, I can help you get saved. Because I don't think it's a hard, complex thing to get saved. The Spirit of God is drawing you, you can get saved. But then, to be a Christian, you've got to live the life that's revealed as a godly life in God's Word. And if you don't do that, you ain't a Christian. You may be a saved soul, but you're not a practicing Christian. A lot of people that, you know, there are a lot of people today that are Catholics. They're not practicing Catholics. You'll have to ask them why. I I could give you a reason, but I don't want to speak in any pejorative way. They're not practicing Catholics. In fact, they're really not even Catholics because they say they were, they once were. I was at one time. You know, some people say that about a lot of things. I was a Baptist. I was a Presbyterian. I was a Pentecostal. I was one time a Christian, but <laughs> but that's too hard for me. I can't do it because it requires relating to other people on the terms and the basis of the Scripture. And it does. It really does. I was preaching 
I think the last morning that I preached on I will obey, I took a scripture out of Ephesians. And I just read it. In fact, I read it twice. I read through those verses. Does any... No, I'm not going to do that. I started to say, does anybody here remember that? But if I do, I'd embarrass myself because maybe so few people wouldn't know. How many did the, I read those I read those passages of Scripture because it's so clear, so, so specific about what we must do in relationships with others and the family of God to have a life of victory and to live where God wants us to live. But you don't have to find a certain passage of Scripture. You just pick up the New Testament and read it. Read the writings of the Apostle Paul. And when it comes to the point that you decide, well, I've, I've made up my mind now. This person, this song leader, this, uh, this pastor, this teacher, this uh, usher doesn't deserve to be there because I read on Facebook about him. And I've got the goods on him. And he doesn't deserve to be there because somebody who knows him very well told me whatever it might be. And then that becomes judgmental. You see, we often use the scripture, judge not that you be not judged. And, and we don't really quite understand what that means. But it is attributing actions, motives to someone else that causes them to come into to be, to be, to be accused of being a failure or a candidate for failure. So judging someone else, Jesus covered clearly and well when he said if you want to judge someone else, be sure that you have taken the speck out of your own eye before you or that you've taken the log out of your own eye before you judge the other person for having a speck in his eye. So, I may be preaching only to two or three people this morning, although I seriously doubt it. But if this is just for two or three people today, it's worth it. Because, friends, this will, what we're looking for right now, what we're expecting right now, believing for right now, is a great move of the Holy Spirit. And do you know that every time God gets ready to move in a mighty and a powerful way, the enemy will disrupt it. And, and you know, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't mean that the, that the government of the county is going to come and say, you can't have church service anymore. We're shutting you down because you said something wrong or preached something wrong. No, there's no, there's no ability for the devil to do that in our country. Here's what the devil will do. He will sow seeds and thoughts that then produce words in the minds and hearts of people who are receptive to him because they're willing to gossip, they're willing to judge other people, they're willing to let other people hang out on the skewer instead of forgiving and knowing that except for the grace of God, I might be right there myself. And every time God's Spirit is going to move, when God plans a move, the enemy finds a way to try to disrupt it. But listen, he's trying to do that now. But we do not have to let him succeed. We don't have to let him get away with it. <laughs> we stand against that and say, no, this is wrong. 
I will stand for the truth of the gospel. I'll stand for the truth of the word. And I will not let this affect me in any way whatsoever, nor will I help it affect anybody else. I will pray it through to victory, and I will walk in the terms of God's word towards everybody inside the kingdom and outside the kingdom. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I will say to you, I do believe, I, I really do believe that the Spirit of God is preparing us, trying, working strongly within us to prepare us for the great, powerful things He wants to do in our midst. There are miracles God's ready to give this church. There are mighty answers to prayer that God is ready to give this church. There are promises that God is ready to fulfill for this church, and the enemy wants to stop it. The only one who can stop it, however, is not the enemy, but us. If we allow him to get away with what he wants to do, we block the move of God's Spirit. If we stand against that and refute it and declare that we will bow in love and support one another and believe God for each other, God will give us victory and defeat the enemy who's trying to steal it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. 